What am I to do? Welcome to Razor Branding Podcast with Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com. Hi, it's Jackie Russo. Welcome to the Razor Branding Podcast live video edition. Y'all, I've been so pleased at how well these things have been received. We've really appreciated everybody watching, sharing, commenting. Um, it's crazy to me, but in the three weeks that we've been doing this, we've had like 15,000 people viewing these videos and um, that really means a lot, so thanks. If you've got somebody that you've seen do a pandemic pivot that you think we should share their story with the world, be sure to let me know. Drop their name into the comments or you can uh, message me on Facebook or email me, text, smoke signals, however you wanna get the word across, but we're always looking for new people. Today, I am honored uh, to invite to our show, Leanne Steven. Leanne, welcome to Razor Branding Podcast. Hello. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, how are you? I'm good. So we met actually for the first time last night. We did, yeah. Isn't that crazy? I know, um, at like five o'clock. Exactly, because you came by and took our portraits. Yeah, in that and cute so, little house. Oh, thanks, we like it. Saint streets are good. Um, yeah. But so to everybody who's watching, just know I am saying portrait, not portrait, uh, because most of the ones you're doing right now are on people's porches, right? Correct. Or so outside how, the house, something right. like that. How did all that come to be? Walk me through it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it basically just started out as a little film project that I was doing. Um, I have this little twin lens reflex camera that my husband gave me for our anniversary. And, um, we were taking little evening drives and, uh, especially when the traffic was a lot better. Um, <laughs> and it kind of gave us a purpose and it gave us a way to see some of our friends and people with families and ask them how they were doing. And, um, yeah, so, uh, my buddy Paul offered to, um, develop the film and that didn't work. That didn't come out. So, uh, the, I have my digital camera with me and uh, I was taking a backup photo uh, just in case. And yeah, a few weeks after, well, maybe like a week, week and a half after I started actually taking the photos, that's when I started sharing them. And I shared probably like 10 of them at a time because uh, I had been backlogged. And so, um, you know, I just didn't really think much of it. Um, I was tagging you know, the people that I was taking pictures of and they just kind of took off. It just became this, this whole other thing. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you um, have lined up the people, obviously I would imagine it started with your friends and family. And yeah. then from there, as I mean, we're, we were strangers until we met. Mm -hmm. So now are you getting to that phase where people are saying, Hey, shoot us or, Oh, you should need to go shoot those people or it's spreading. Yeah. yeah it's, it started out. And like, that's the power of, marketing and social media is, um, you know, the tagging process. And really for me, what I, what I've found made the biggest impact was the immediacy of it all. So pretty much like the day, especially in the beginning when I didn't have so many to edit, um, I would edit that, that, that family that I shot and share it and tag it almost immediately. So the volume in which I was taking the photos and how fast they were they were coming out made the biggest difference. And so that quickly got my name just out there. Um, 
these uh, uh, yeah. so, <laughs> so Ryan said I would pay at least a hundred dollars to go to a gallery showing of all the portraits when we can view art again can it be at Rousseau so I say yes let's do it oh, at gallery amazing. R, right in the middle of an art walk <laughs> how great would that be yeah that'd be beautiful um I'd love to see them all big but and I'll let Ryan give you money and everybody else too <laughs> that seems fair <laughs> um yeah I mean I'll take money anytime sure. but um but yeah, so uh, I definitely would have would have kind of had to do because I can't keep up with so much, you know, in my inbox. And if you don't friend request, then it doesn't go to my direct inbox. It goes to another inbox. Right. Um, and so I've really just been taking referrals and recommendations from the people that I'm shooting and uh, reaching out to them if they don't reach out to me first. Right. So um, how many are you up to now? I counted, uh, I, I'm, I'm like a little over 200. Wow. Yeah. I'm like over. Yeah. So it's great. That's awesome. So yeah. is this going to become a coffee table book? Uh, possibly there is, um, there is a, a little plan maybe happening. We'll, we'll have to see. I don't know okay. if I can say too much about it yet, but All right. um, well, and possibly. we've got a few up here on the screen scrolling through your website. Um, I love this. I love everything about it. It reminds me of the photography of the Depression era. Yeah. And so, like, that was because it started out as a film project. Um, I got a couple of people ask, like, why are they, why do they have this weird color on them? Why do they have this weird grain on them? I, you know, wanted them to, the digitals to look as close to film photos as possible. So I wanted to, I kept looking at all these old photos of like my family that I have around my house and um, old, old photos online of like how that color on film looks. And that's why a lot of them have this color and the grain and they're not all perfect. They're not all perfectly straight. There, there's some like, you know, just snapshot real quick feeling to them. Right. Right. And then I know that you've also done a whole series in Windows. So talk yeah. to me about that evolution. Yeah. Um, and that, so that was kind of an accident the way that happened. And I've seen a lot of other uh, photographers around, kind of around the world. A lot of photographers are sort of doing this in their own style, in their own way, in their own communities. Um, and I've seen a lot of the window shots come, but for me, it was just a little bit of an accident. My first a uh, family that I photographed was Allison and Peter mm -hmm. Dayhart. And um, I've, I like a lot of reflective photography. I do a lot of that in weddings and just in general, I like a lot of double exposure photography. So I knew that that window and the glare and see how Anita, like yeah. I knew that would be such a cool, it, it would look like a double exposure without having to do that. Cause that's a lot more work. Um, so that was really just how that came to be. I just liked the way that looked. Well, and I like what it says too, because, you know, we all are locked in our houses and shelter in place. And so having people in their house to me gets more of a sense of that we're enclosed exactly. than when they're out on their porch, enjoying the beautiful weather. Exactly. Like we, it, I, I feel like the window tells my, or through the screen door, you know, it tells right. a very big story of what we're all going through. Right. Well, especially the ones where they're pressed up against the glass with their hands up, looking like they're trying to escape. To me, there's yeah. a whole other story there as well. And it became fun too for, because actually, I think I think he probably likes to take credit for it, but my buddy James, he uh, he's the one who first put his face against the window 
And uh, I just thought that was just so funny. So I started telling kids, like, put just put your face on the window. Yeah, that's so fun. Right, right. But you can tell how kids can get into it. And I think they're appreciating that this is not the norm, right? This is not the usual moment in time. Yeah. So this is special. And so to be able to capture that, I'm, again, making my vote for a coffee table book. We can do that at the Gallery R show. <laughs> People can buy books. They can buy pieces. I mean, I, it's a whole thing now. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, I, I mean, I'm just super thankful that so many people have taken a liking to it. That's right. all I've ever wanted in any of my photos. And now it's like, oh, wait, I didn't plan for all this. <laughs> but it's you great. Know, it's interesting. Um, Sunday um, morning, uh, the Today Show ran a whole story on photographers across the country that have been doing portraits and what each uh, community had kind of how they responded. And my biggest takeaways, aside from just the weather, because it was interesting to see some of them doing it in snow, uh, which has not been our weather experience. No, and I think that's great. Right? It is great. And so I would love to see some sort of a central, whether it's a hashtag or a website, where we can see all of the ones across the country. Yeah, like have like a map. Yes. You, go to a, you know, and have like a, oh, let's see what they did here. Let's see what they did here. Because it's, it's not like something, you know, any one person made up, you know, right. it's, it's a universal thing that's happening. It's just special because it's your community and the way you show it. Right, right. Well, it's the collective consciousness. You know, I think when photographers could no longer go shoot weddings um, mm-hmm. or other events, y'all all had to turn to some way to spend your time and talent. And this was the next logical step in that evolution. Yeah. And I've heard of, I've I've seen a lot of, you know, like I follow a lot of like Facebook groups and I've lately, I've just been exiting out of them because they're just ridiculous. There's too many, (laughs) but, um, you know, of of photographers like criticizing the, the other photographers who are doing this, but it's, I mean, you're putting yourself in more danger going to the grocery store during that time, you know, like you're, you know, there, it was a safe way for me to get out with my family for them to see me working for them to see me relating to other people, how people are relating to me and me and their dad, you know, it was just something to do and it was safe. It's not like we were were trying to do anything wrong, but I was going to say you weren't within 10 feet of us the whole time. Most further than that. Exactly. Um, I rang your doorbell with my, (laughs) and we we ran away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was like ding dong ditch with a camera. Um, yeah. But so what I do like about it, though, is as I see, you know, whether it's through the website or I've been following you on the Facebook page, um, I get to see people that I haven't gotten to see during this whole time. Yeah. Yes. And that that was uh, one of the one of the first people I shot, Leah. Um, she was saying how, yeah, it's just so great. Like, I feel like I'm visiting my friends. Right. You know, I feel like I'm seeing my friends and. You know, for a lot of people who are quarantining alone, I mean, that's a this kind of thing and like Zoom meetings and FaceTime. It's just been such a bonding experience to be able to do that. And so if that was another way for people to not feel so alone, that's great. Right. Well, so we're all in the same boat. Well, in the same storm, not the same boat, in the same storm. But you get to see people quarantined in their houses. And it's a reminder. We're not going through this alone. We're all going through this together. No. And I mean, that that saying has been you know that's been a a thing in Lafayette often I guess you know I guess you I didn't really feel that until something like this has actually you know happened and I really do feel like we are literally all doing this 
together. There's no, we're not missing out on anything. No one's going anywhere. You know, we're all just doing the same thing. Asterisk, the ones who are following the rules. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Yes. (laughs) Cause there's sure been some social media in the past week or so that illustrates maybe not everybody is following the rules. Um, I've seen some parties, a lot of parties. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's, we talked about that yesterday. How it, They're they're branching out. (laughs) Their doneness is becoming evident. As traffic has increased, you can tell. Um, So pre-COVID, what were your favorite types of events or things to photograph? You know, what was your specialty? What did you enjoy the most? Uh, Well, I mean, I I did a lot of of weddings. Um, But what I always just enjoyed the most was when, you know, me and friends of mine would, would get together and just say, Hey, we've got this interesting person we want to shoot. Let's do that. Um, I really always loved shooting families. Um, just because I can relate to a family. I have a family. I know what to look for in that kind of photography. And before all of this happened, I was shooting, um, I'd gotten a couple of gigs where I was shooting, uh, like spaces. So I shot like a hotel, and uh in new orleans which was incredible and then i shot an airbnb out in opelousas and um that was something that i was saying i want want more work like this i love this um i like precision i get a little crazy about you know making sure things are straight so like that kind of photography really lent itself to those quirks um because i feel like that kind of stuff has to be very straight and perfect right um but yeah. I mean, I, I was always a photographer who just liked shooting, so it didn't matter what I was shooting. I just liked doing it. Right. Now, your husband's in a band. Do you get to shoot a lot of his gigs or the gigs of other musicians? Well, he is. He used to be in a band. Oh, okay. uh, he used to be in quite a few bands. Uh, he's in school now. He's going to be gotcha. uh, an electrical engineer in about another year. Uh, so he doesn't do a whole lot of banding. <laughs> right. No, uh, not doing a lot of the gigs. No, but, um, yeah, so he's the one who taught me how to use a a DSLR camera years ago. His grandfather was a photographer here in Lafayette who used to shoot everything like the Mardi Gras balls and, uh, petroleum club stuff. I mean, he shot everything, um, knew everybody, you know, uh, have those photos. Like, is there a Lafayette retrospective coming? Because that would be amazing. That would be really cool. Um, there's a lot of his stuff, uh, I think, at the UL archival department. Um, I know there's a piece of his framed, like, right when you walk into the Alumni Center, there's a John Stephen photo framed. Um, and so he's he was just always really interested in photography. He'd go with his grandpa a lot to shoot. Um, I know he's talked about the ID cards for UL. He shot all of those back in the day. That's awesome. It's really cool. So he had a lot of his stuff. And um, my husband's just like a tinkerer. Uh, we make, we, we're a good balance. Um, so he would fix old cameras. He still does. We have a bunch of old cameras that he's fixed and worked on and old Polaroids. Um, so it's just always been a little passion of his too. Right. Worked out. I wonder if he ever shot any of the old uh, football games and sporting events at UL. I think he did. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to say for sure, but I think he, right. I think he did. That'd be cool. There's a lot of, there's so much stuff. I mean, and it, it's crazy. His little, uh, his little photo workshop was 
you know, right there on Johnson Street. Right. He'd work from his house, kind of just walk into his yard, go to his workshop. But yeah, he was like, he he was like Philip Gould. Right. Back in the day. 1.0. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I love that because I think old Lafayette needs that. Um, Have you had a chance to see the documentary that's been floating around on social media? Uh, what that, what? No. Uh, it's amazing. It takes this like history of Lafayette. It shows downtown. It shows geographically huh. how we spread. It is awesome. Who did that? I'll send you the link. Um, okay. Cool. And maybe if, if Michael can find it, he'll post it up on the screen. Uh, but it is so cool because it shows like like modern day stuff as well as old Lafayette stuff. So in the modern day part, like they're doing mm. Downtown Alive, and they've got this great segment about Downtown Alive, and then you can see our building right there behind oh, uh, one of the events at Park Sanssouci. So yeah, so it's just like this neat little piece of uh, Lafayette history. Somebody I photographed the other day, he lives in a really cool neighborhood, old neighborhood in Lafayette, uh, like on the North End. And uh, he was saying how Lafayette should get better at like preserving its its history. And like, like he named the neighborhood and I was like, I didn't even know this neighborhood had a name like that. That's, that's so cool, you know? Right. like. You know, like you go to a place like Austin or New Orleans where like every little place has a a name. You right. oh, you live in that neighborhood or that neighborhood. Lafayette could be way cooler than it already is. I think Lafayette's pretty darn cool, but you're right. There's always yeah. room for improvement. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. So were you into photography before you got married to yeah. the grandson of a photographer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh I'm not gonna go that far back but uh yeah I mean my we when we dated years ago my, my husband and I we'd go out and shoot you know we'd, we'd go on drives and shoot anything and everything um you know always had a camera always shot I just didn't professionally do it or even think that like I think especially my generation of of kids we didn't like think about like the alternatives until we got a little bit older right um so I didn't really think that I could ever make money doing that um and then yeah I just all of a sudden did and it became great (laughs) (laughs) that is awesome so did you grow up in Lafayette uh no I grew up in New Iberia all right yeah (laughs) Nish or Catholic High I went to Nish. I graduated okay. in 06. Excellent. Um, yellow yep. jackets, is that what y'all are? Yep. Okay, <laughs> excellent. Um, and then college was UL? Yeah, for a little while. I didn't okay. finish. Um, it's always just kind of been a thing, like, maybe I should go back, but, you know. All right, We'll perfect. see one day. Um, and I think Michael may have just posted the link to um, that documentary that I was referring to oh, in cool. the comments. So if anybody's interested, they can go click that and watch it. Uh, it's maybe 20, 30 minutes long, but it is really great little piece of Lafayette history. Awesome. Um, yeah, this it's is so cool. very nice. Yeah. It's the beauty of having a producer who's, you know, paying attention and doing stuff. <laughs> now, if, if I head down a path of questions he doesn't like, he will also note that in the comments. So we always have to, um, you know, just we'll, see how it turns out. We'll keep it PG for Michael. Yeah, mostly if he has to go deal with a technical issue, then that's when I get to go rogue and kind of do what I want. Always watching. <laughs> Always exactly. Watching. That's my point. Exactly. Um, so did you have some major events that were planned during the pandemic for work that ended up having to be rescheduled, canceled, furloughed? Yeah. 
And yeah, yeah, I had a um, I had a really cool thing coming up with ACA that I was pretty excited about doing that hopefully we'll still be able to do soon, right. um, just in a different way, which is great. Sure. Um, and I had probably had my busiest season, wedding season yet. Um, I finally, I feel like I've gotten to the point where I'm like getting weddings and couples who really look at my work and understand what I want to do and they want exactly what I do. And they're not right. asking anything more right or less um so uh yeah all of that's been rescheduled um i've had a few couples now have to reschedule into 2021 and they've rescheduled two or three times now so you know it's just i I mean i keep telling them like you're not the only one right you're in the same boat and then uh festival was going to be just so cool this year. I had such a cool plan with it. And yeah, I don't know. It's all all going to come back. It's just going to take a little time. Yeah. And I I mean, like, I feel like we've all learned, I mean, just in doing this series, I've learned so much about, you know, Oh, I don't have to do that. Or I don't have to do that. I can do this and I can make this into a, a thing. So it's been, it's been really good for, for people like me who, right. you know, just are constantly trying to figure stuff out, trying to right. make things work. So you mentioned something and it resonated with me. Uh, now you've built up your career and your style enough that when people come to you, they're not asking you to do things differently. They want your approach. Where was that turn for you in your career? What point did you feel like, oh, this is who I am? I don't... I. There was a, uh, it's kind of funny. Dave Chappelle said it. He's, he's quoted Miles, Miles Davis saying that it takes you a long time to like sound like yourself. And so I think, uh, it just comes with doing and figuring out like, this is the kind of photo that I feel the most, or this is the kind of work that I feel the most, um, and getting better at saying no and not doing something that you don't want to do. Right. Because it doesn't resonate with you. Um, so I think it just took, you know, years of, of doing it, a few years of doing it to figure out like, that's me and that's my voice. And that's how I do things. How would you describe it? The Leanne look? Um, a lot of people have said that it kind of feels like a, like a movie, um, like very, like, I don't know. Very cinematic, very Very big. Okay. Yeah. Just kind of, and like, it feels like a, like those intimate moments of a, like a, like a good film that you're watching, you know, just like, you know, it feels so good. Um, Or yeah. I I mean, I, I like, I like low light. I like a lot of low light. So like a lot of my, um, a lot of, a lot of my photography is like somebody in a room with one window and like just that one light coming in. Um, yeah. What are your favorite places to shoot in Lafayette? Like what are the little secret spots? Um, oh man. I mean, I, I guess a lot of photographers like going downtown, but honestly, like I don't think I have a favorite spot because I don't really, I don't, I don't try to like, plan that too much like I'm not a photographer who says we got to wait until the perfect time of day you know I 
personally really like hard light. I like hard shadows and I like finding those things wherever I'm going because wherever you go can have something like interesting and cool and fun. You just have to be willing to like open yourself up to it to find it. Right. Um, Like I've been to some weird, just weird places now that, you know, you wouldn't even think that like, you know, we're super photogenic or whatever, but we've made it work. Um, You just have to find interesting light wherever you're going. Right. And I think a lot of that comes from talent. Don't get me wrong. Um, And so I think that, you know, you take the same amazing camera and put it in two different people's hands, you're going to get two very different results. So it's not equipment, right? It's, It's the vision. But when you're looking at a spot, what are you looking for that makes you feel like that I can do something with that? What angle, what composition, like, how do you know? I don't know. Okay. And look, um, I, talent is talent. I give it up. I don't know. I think I, uh, I just know what I like in a photo. Um, I, I've noticed though that I, whenever I'm setting up, like whenever I'm looking for a composition or setting up a shot, I look for a corner. I always okay. look for corners or I look for like something that's descending to where the per- the person or the object that I'm shooting becomes this like focal point. Okay. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, see, that was a good answer. Yeah. 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 Or I just look for like, uh, like splices of light in mm-hmm. these like cool ways. See, I don't have that vision. That's not my skill set. <laughs> so I'm always trying to learn from other people because I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. 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 I like anything that just looks, uh, I guess like a cool contrast. Sure. Um, other than your portrait series, um, tell me another time that you've had a project that really forced you to be innovative and creative. And I mean, honestly, this is the I didn't, I didn't go to art school. I, I'm planning things are way beyond anything that I am fully capable of doing. Right. Um, I'm not a great planner. Uh, I'm not good at like staying on time a lot. A lot. Um, I think that's a lot. A lot of. Uh, woohoo artist people or whatever (laughs) um but uh yeah I don't think I've had like a project like this yet I just haven't right um the most planning I do is for weddings and uh even then I'm just praying to god that they have a wedding planner (laughs) (laughs) um just hoping because I'm not the best So Kristen asks, when you take photos or edit, do you go more for what you think your clients want or do you just totally go for your vision? I can understand with such a special event like a wedding, that would be a hard line to walk. Um, I, tr- I, try to, I try to give both. So like they came to me because they, um, they like what I'm doing, um, but they you know, you gotta get, you gotta give people like something that like like classic or timeless and you have to like show people like look look what you're look how nice you look right here look how great this is um yeah you just have to you just have to remember that it you you're still photographing someone and they you know they want certain things i mean maybe they just didn't even say it but they do and so you you have to give both and you have to be okay with like giving both like you can't just say oh i'm an artist and this is how i do it or i'm a photographer and this is how i do it you can't be like that right you have to be a workable person you have to be available to people sometimes and give a little bit 
um, in your style though, because they want your editing and they like what you're doing. So like give them something, you know, that, you know, that they, uh, that they want to. Right. So it is kind of in a way like what we do with branding where you have to establish trust and you have to establish your approach. That's why they're coming to you. And yet you're also still blending to what they need uh, because they've spent a lot of money on the wedding and these photos exactly. hang up for a long time. And, and it's, it's always, the best she's ever going to look. Exactly. So document it. <laughs> hey, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and, you know, a lot of a lot of photographers, they'll say, oh, God, I can't stand doing those family photos. But those photos are always the first ones that get shared. Right. Because they're always the ones that they can tag everybody in or that they're using on Mother's Day. Like I saw a few of my photos used yesterday to like express Happy Mother's Day. And those are the ones that I was like, oh, God. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Let's just, <laughs> let's just do this. Um, but those are always the first ones. So you better make sure they look good. Right. And when you think about you that, it. that standard wedding shot list, right? Because I, I mean – I had a wedding. I've seen other people have weddings. There tends to be kind of that standard shot list. What's the one that you're like, I think this needs to be removed from the shot list forever. I don't greatly care for um, the the wedding dress shot. Okay. And the wedding dress and like the bridesmaids dresses all line, lined up. Right. Um, and I'm a big proponent of like make – your day about you and don't don't look at Pinterest don't look at this don't look at anything else just what do you want me to shoot and a lot of times I even ask people like what's important to you what are the things that you want me to shoot what are the things that like first and foremost you are going to look for in your gallery and you're going to be happy with um yeah I if those wedding dress shots could just go away that'd be <laughs> right, be so right. One of my biggest challenges was it's that break in the schedule. So you finish the ceremony um, and then you have to take all these pictures while everybody else is at the reception twiddling their thumbs. I'm like, isn't there a way to fix that problem? Because that break in the rhythm of the day is stressful to me. Yeah, I uh, I try to steer people toward those first look photos, because if you if you have a first look, you know, uh, right after y'all get dressed, you don't have to worry about that break. You can go right. right into family photos before the ceremony. And then after the ceremony, you can go and party and do whatever you want. Right. But I think everybody hates the idea of losing that moment of him seeing her the first time, you know? I mean, I think it, it just depends on what kind of couple right. you, you have. And you have to be flexible enough to say like, whatever, I wasn't stuck to that idea anyway. Right. Let's do what you want to do. Right. It's your day. Right. I don't care. How do you handle ownership of the pictures that you take? Like with the social media sharing age, how do you do it? Uh, ownership in uh, what aspect? Like, like so what you, you take the pictures, in your opinion, who owns them? You or the people that just hired you? I gave them printing rights. Okay. And they, I tell everybody, like, no, these are, like, when I send you your photos, you get the high resolution images, you can download them, you can print them, you can do whatever you want to with them. But they're still my photos, Those raw files, like I had somebody way back in the day uh, ask me, no, you're going to send me the raw files because that's what I paid for. And I didn't know what to do because I had never dealt with that. Right. And uh, in talking to people, they're like, no, that's your copyright. 
that is your ownership and um, you can use it however you see fit. And granted, you have to be courteous to the people you're shooting and say, hey, I'm going to use these for marketing or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, there that's definitely your photos and all my wedding clients, especially sign a contract that state that. <laughs> right. Right. Let's be clear up front. Yeah. Um, I had a lunch with a, a group of female artists uh, a couple of weeks ago. Well, pre all this. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about that styles and ownership. And these are uh, fine artist painters. And they were talking about um, they knew they had arrived when they started to see people in other markets mimicking their style. Mm -hmm. So have you arrived yet? Are you starting to see people mimic your style? Yeah, I've seen it. Well, I mean, in in the world of wedding photography, what I'm doing is not mind-blowing. It's not – and I, I don't think I'm great at it either. I don't think I'm the, the best person for it. Uh there are other wedding photographers or just photographers out there who do amazing work. But, um, yeah, I've seen like a, a couple of my, like, Hey, I did, that's my photo. Right. right. <laughs> but I mean, it, you know, even still like none of that stuff matters. Like if, if you, Hey, like maybe, maybe you see light the way I see light and maybe you saw you saw that photo similar to the way I saw that photo. And that's great. That means we have stuff in common. Right. You know, and that's, that's awesome. Like if, you know, if you can, if you can get out of your own ego and out of your own head about it, yeah. you'll be a lot happier. Absolutely. And I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of saying like, Oh no, this person's copying me. Like that's, but it, it's silly to, to, to feel like that because it right. doesn't matter. Right. Um, I think Zach is starting to take some pre-sale orders for the book. Um, he's already got Ryan to buy one and he's going to do some more pre-sales. So we may have this book pre-sold before you even get it published. Zach and Zach is such a sweet person. Zach and Kara, they're just so sweet. And I had never met them before this. I, I've met so many people. Right. Because Isn't of this crazy? portrait series. Your network has just expanded dramatically. I know. I know. I'm like, why can not that have happened before? <laughs> What's why? <laughs> it all happens when it's supposed yeah. to. Yeah. So tell me, what have you failed at? What's a time when you're like, oh, that did not go the way I wanted it to? Oh, uh, I feel like I'm. I feel like you know that happens all the time. Um, like wedding. I mean, weddings are. Oh yeah, I, my first wedding. I've looked back at those photos. And I'm just like. Oh man, she should have asked for her money back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe you could just get her to get married again, and you could do do a do over. Cool. Mm, yeah. I, sometimes I wonder, like, how many how many of those will end up getting married again? Right. Uh, but do you feel like you can tell, like, when you're dealing with the stress of the wedding day and you're taking the pictures, you're thinking, "Oh, I'm going to give them both my card because they'll each be needing me again later." <laughs> um. I guess I shouldn't say anything, but well, um, I'm not asking you to name names. I'm just <laughs> no, saying, no, I know. Um, but you, you have a sense, right? Have you been right yet? Have any of your predictions come true? I, I think one of them has. Okay. Uh, and me and my husband, we, he shoots weddings with me sometimes, um, especially when he's not in school, he'll shoot with me. And, um, I mean, we have a really, we think we have a really good relationship. So we, you know, we kind of always, uh, use ours as like a, soundboard sure um and yeah we've, we've had a couple of discussions like 
where was the groom the whole time? He just said, I do. And then that was it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can tell. Um, yeah. But as far as like failures go, like there are shoots that I go into now where I'm like, I did not kill that. Right. But then you're being your own worst enemy. Cause then I get back home and it always takes me a few weeks to like finish a gallery. Cause I overanalyze and I think about it. And by the end of it, I tell my husband, like, no, those photos came out really good. I can't believe I was so stressed about it. Right. Um, but yeah, in the in the middle of stuff, sometimes I'm I'm failing hard. Did you have one of those big ones, like you tripped up the aisle or you left the lens cap on the whole time? I mean, a big oh, like oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, one yeah. of those. Uh, Forgot to bring the batteries or the chargers. I've lost an entire wedding before. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, see that's what I'm talking about. Yeah yeah yeah, I've lost. Ouch. I mean, and I I was thankful because I had sent them like. 10 or 12 uh, I, I always send like previews um I've gotten a lot better with it but uh I, I, I send like 50 now but I send her like 10 or 12 photos and um she had those and I I tried and I mean it's still it's still one of my biggest whew, oh moments um but yeah it, it happened and uh I've never happen again. <laughs> but isn't that the point you learn from that? You may make yeah. a new mistake another time, but that mistake you're not going to create again. No. Because no. it's a learning experience. Yeah. And I've I've gotten a lot. I think, too, it, it helped me learn that you, you got to back up more than once, more than twice, and you, uh, you get stuff out faster. Um, and I've... She kind of dropped the ball the last couple of weeks. I've got a couple of weddings I need to get out. But um, yeah, you you, you got to get stuff out in a more timely manner to where different little things will not happen. Right. How yeah. do you encourage professional development in yourself? What do you do to stay on top of your game and keep learning? Um, I'm constantly, I've noticed, I've always feel like I'm trying to find other avenues of film or photography to get my hands on. Um, like just this morning I, I was looking up a super eight camera, um, or a new like film camera. Um, I'm just always trying to like find ways to like pique my interest, something that'll like give me some new perspective on like the way I edit in digital photography, Mm -hmm. because I mean, we can't escape digital photography. It's it's where we are and it's what we're doing. But film photography, I feel like more for me, I'm not producing a whole lot of that and I'm not showing a whole lot of that. But it always helps me look at like how I'm editing and maybe how I like want to, to edit later. And then um, uh, like masterclass videos, I'm always watching those. Like I just finished Annie Leibovitz masterclass uh videos and it was just I mean it's incredible like a lot of the things she said I've I have felt like and um yeah I'm just always constantly like reading stuff on photography looking at different ways to um you know like develop uh I want to I want to learn how to develop uh, develop film or you know just something like that I'm always just looking for something new to do because I'm bored all the time build a dark room <laughs> in your house like full-on uh, well, I mean, I'd like to, Paul's just kind of, he's just going for it. Um, he's, he's a madman. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, one day we'll see where it goes. Right. 
Uh, Laura McIntyre says to tell you hi, that she loves you and misses you and the kids, and that she's so proud of you. Oh, that's my cousin. Oh, that's so sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> What's something that another photographer has done and you've thought, man, I wish I'd thought of that first. Ooh, I wish I'd tried that. Um... Oh, I did just watch. Okay, so I, that Anna Leibovitz thing. Right. She did something way back in the day that I had thought about doing, and I've tried to make it happen, but I don't know. I don't know what. Appro- I need a better approach, maybe, in like approaching, approaching them. But um, she had done this whole series on um, go-go dancers, or not go-go dancers, but the flamenco dancers in Vegas. Uh-huh. She got portraits of them before they went on stage like just in normal clothing Mm -hmm. and then she got um portraits of them all dressed up and she put them side by side and it became like a very uh like the juxtaposition of it all and i wanted to do that um with uh with drag queens um i wanted to have their you know how they were right and then how they are and how what they turn into um just because i i've I love, there's, there's a huge departure. Yeah. And they're just such beautiful subjects. And, uh, I just feel like that would be such a cool project. And like, I even wanted to show like, like those would be like the main, the main photos, but in between those photos, I wanted to show like the, the getting ready process. And like they, they spend hours doing that stuff sometimes. Right. That is something so foreign to me because I don't know how to do any of that stuff. Um, and I just think it would be beautiful. I mean, it would just be a beautiful thing to, to look at and to show, but yeah, I need to figure out a better approach. That, um, that reminds me of Kevin Oquan's book, which, oh, oh, right. I, because of the makeup. And so you can see how he would make the progress with makeup, but you're doing that with with photography. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just got to figure out, I've reached out to, um, a few of the ones uh, that I, that I knew. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I got to figure out a better way of approaching it, I guess. Right. What advice would you give to the younger you? Be patient. Um, I have a really hard time with thinking that like, uh, I'm not going to get everything in. Right. Um, cause I, I guess I've always just felt like life's so short. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Um, be patient and um, yeah, that's the biggest advice. I think that's pretty good advice that everyone should listen to. Yeah, uh, most days. Yeah. What event most shaped who you are now? Uh, as a photographer, mm-hmm. um, I think. Well, I mean, I feel like everything that I've done has like shaped me, has like molded me in some kind of way. And shown me different things. Um, I think I think the thing that I felt the most like, oh my god, this is so cool! Uh, it was photographing festival for the first time, mm-hmm. or being a part of the team that helped photograph festival. It was Paul's year, uh, but you know, I don't even know him. I just reached out to him. I was like, hey, is, if there's anything downtown that I can help with, whatever. And then he invited me out for breakfast, and he was like, yeah, you want to do this? And that, that was just so exciting and cool. Um, that was, that was a big reason why I wanted to move to Lafayette to begin with because I loved festival. Um, so that was, that was probably like the, 
the coolest thing. That was like the, the, the thing that showed me like, you know, how fun it could really be. Well, you're in the cool kid club then. Like you're part of the band. <laughs> I don't think we're very cool. I think we're all <laughs> super weird and nerdy. That's what all cool kids say. <laughs> Just so you know, because I tried to downplay it, but it's true. So when you okay. think back to that first festival, is there one photograph in your mind that you're like, that's the shot? That's what the whole weekend was like for me. Like it was to come to this one moment in time. Uh, it wasn't the first one. It was the, the next year okay. that I did it. Um, there was this, those stilt walkers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of them, uh, one of the other photographers on the team was very like, uh, taken, I guess, taken aback at like my, uh, my spunk and how I was running all over the place. And I was just like, I gotta get this shot over here. Um, I've learned that, you know, maybe I don't need to do that, but, uh, I was running in and out of the, the stilt walkers, just getting all kinds of different perspectives. And this one of them just like got really low and like grabbed my camera and pulled it toward his face. And he did the coolest things with his hands. And it's just that one shot, big shot of him just in the in I know the, the picture you're talking about. I didn't oh, know yeah. you took it. I, I love that shot. Thank you. Yeah, I love that photo. And I feel like that that photo kind of buttoned up the, the weekend. Absolutely. No, I know exactly. Like when I think about the iconic festival photos, that's one in the top 10 for me because oh. – it's, I mean, I love the stilt walkers. Yeah, me that's too. That's an angle you never get of them because we're always no. looking up at them and all of a sudden we're he's, like face to face. Yeah, he's in my lens and then he's right. so sweet about it too because he, he kept watching me just like, and I could see him kind of like, you know, right following me a little bit, but it was just so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, when you think about your career as a whole, not just festival, what's the next iconic shot for you? What's the one where you're like, nailed it? Uh, oh, the, so the, the shot that kind of like kickstarted my whole, like, I actually really love doing this, um, was this shot of my friend Shelby and Eric in Pirates Alley in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people said it looked like, uh, the shot of the sailor, uh, kissing the girl, kissing the girl. Square. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was a black and white photo. And I didn't, I didn't we were, we were done. They were just doing that. And I just grabbed my camera and, you know, shot it real quick and I put it in black and white because it just felt so like timeless and, and perfect. And her leg was up in the right spot and her hair and oh, it was just so good. It wasn't like a sloppy kiss either. It was just right. like a, it was a good kiss. Um, so that one, and that one got, got me a lot of exposure on, uh, an international level with, with photography or with wedding photography. Um, it's not a wedding photo, but it was in the realm. Right. And then, uh, there's a shot of my daughter that I'll never, it's burned in my head. It looks, it's just so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. But isn't that what photography is all about is capturing that one second in time and now it becomes timeless. Yeah. Yeah. And you can take like a hundred photos, a thousand photos and there's, you know, one in there that just like, Right. Feels so good. And I've, I've related, I was talking to Claire Cook and I related, a, a, like the way I feel about, about f- photographing events or just photographing anything is that it's a, it's like a dance, you know, it's like an energy that you, you have to feel and you get into a groove with, with the, whatever you're photographing. Um, and, and 
when I'm feeling it, you know, I could just, I could feel those shots just happening. They're just right. coming at me. Right. It's really good. That's awesome though. Yeah. What do you say to yourself when you're in doubt? Oh, I'm, I live in doubt. <laughs> I live in doubt and anxiety. Like I'm sweating so hardcore right now. Oh, but you're doing such a great job. Don't worry. Oh, I'm, I'm very good at like faking it. I'll just fake it till I make it and I'll be fine. Um, uh, I just, I just have to tell myself to breathe and just, uh, okay, it's going to be all right. It, is. it really is. <laughs> I told somebody yesterday that's going to go on my tombstone. Like it's going to be fine will go on my tombstone but it's the tone of voice said with it like it's gonna be fine it's, it's very gonna different be fine. Oh, it's gonna be fine two yeah. totally different reactions it's like i am worried but it's gonna be fine <laughs> <laughs> what gives you hope um i guess the fact that i can always morph and i can always change and tomorrow as cheesy as it sounds, but it's a new day. Uh, what you did today may not be what you did yet to, to what you do tomorrow. Right. Um, and that gives me a lot of like push forward. And because uh, who I am today was not who I was 10 right. years ago. Um, it's two totally different people. So that gives me a lot of hope and that, you know, we can, we can change and we can build and we can become something great. Right. What do you collect? Uh, I collect, uh, cups. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a weird thing. Like I tea cups, plastic Mardi Gras cups. Either, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Either or. Our cabinet is full of cups. Okay. Uh, like I found these, these old Dr. Pepper cups from, uh, like an antique flea market, whatever in sunset. And they were the ones that uh, Ray Charles had the commercial for in the nineties. Oh yeah. Uh, and I just had to have them. And so if I could ever find those, uh, Disney cups that mm. the McDonald's used to sell, I'd buy those. Like the little jelly glasses. <laughs> uh, yeah. And t-shirts. I like t-shirts a lot. Aside from the necessities, um, what's the one thing that you cannot go a day without? Anything like counting like oxygen and water. Like what's the one thing you need on a daily basis? Uh, time. <laughs> That's a necessity. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's cliche, but it's caffeine. Okay. No, I can't, I cannot. I, and it, it's not like an immediate in the morning as I don't really want anything. Like right when I wake up, I'm more like a, like nine 30, 10 o'clock. That's when I'll take some caffeine. Okay. And that is it all day long. No, no, no. I have like one, okay. one beverage per day. And mm -hmm. that, that sets me right. Okay. That's I'm good. a gentle balance. <laughs> um, yeah. What is your next project? Like once COVID's over and we're kind of seeing something that feels like a normal life again, um, what's the next thing you plan on tackling? Um, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of relates to, uh, to photography in a way, but, um, I did this workshop, uh, a, a long time ago, a few years ago now, uh, where I was like, you know, showing teenagers, uh, photography and like how I looked at light. And I didn't really know how to talk about what I was doing yet. Cause I didn't fully know, but I'd really like to, uh, have some, have something like that again, like do something like that again. I'd like to do like a sort of conference in a way mm -hmm. for, uh, teens going off to college, 
who um, are interested in like different ways of, of living, you know, like Ryan Cesaris is one of them. Um, you know, this eye doctor who is also in a band and um, started the, the my library thing. Like that's, you know, just ways in which there are other ways to make money in this world and um, just have, you know, inspiring people come and talk to like the next generation of kids going out into the world, trying to like figure out what they're going to do. Um, I don't know if that can fully come into fruition yet. That That's a huge tackling project. Um, and I think that would require a team of people to come together and, and help I'm out. In. I'm Wouldn't in. that be cool out. though? So um, cool. Yeah. And like, you know, have, you know, just different, different people all right. over talk about like, you know, other ways of living. Cause I feel like that, that's what I wish high school or some sector of high school would have been like for us, you know, like showing us, you, you know, yes, go to college, get this, do this. But like, Hey, like if you're interested in that, there are ways to do these things and there are ways to be successful with it and use your degree to go do that. Right. Right. Well, and I think that people go to high schools for their career connections, which is awesome. And I'm glad that happens because kids need to try to figure out what they're going to do before they commit to college and a path. But mm-hmm. to take it that one step further and say, it's not just your career path. It's also these side projects that make the world a better place that you yeah. need to consider. And it's something that my generation, especially my kids, we're, we have to do. Right. Like, you know, we're not just like these lazy millennials who don't do anything. I have a million things going on all the time. I have a family, I have multiple gigs happening. I have another job. I have a 40 hour per week job. Um, so I mean like we, we have to do those things to survive and to have a, a nest egg one day to retire. Um, so I just feel like it's important that like us, it's our responsibility to tell those, those kids coming up that, Hey, there are ways to do it and you can be successful with it. Don't worry. We got you back. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's going to inspire so much in them. Okay. Yeah. It's time for the lightning round. You ready? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Favorite place on earth? Oh, uh, mm, Torchy's Tacos. Okay. Movie you can't turn off? Pride and Prejudice. Oh, good choice. Yeah. Uh, TV show? Oh, uh, right now, uh, I'm Master of None. I watch it like crazy. I watch it uh, constantly. It's on I mean, repeat. It's a classic. Favorite yeah. book? Um, I don't really have a favorite book because I don't read okay. that much. Uh, but I'm reading The Tipping Point, Malcolm Ooh, Gladwell. That's a really good one, actually. Anything yeah. Malcolm Gladwell, you're it's in great. good hands with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Seth Godin, too. Uh, favorite oh. podcast? Armchair Expert. It's my favorite. I love it. It's I like hanging out with a friend. It totally is, except way funnier, wittier, more successful friends. And I like, yes. I like the new episodes that come out on Thursdays because that's the expert on expert. That's right. so good. And I right. do like, I like revision. Oh, don't get me started on podcasts. I love revisionist <laughs> history. Uh, I mean, I like all, all kinds. Um, I mean, should I assume that favorite festival is Festival International or do you have another favorite festival? I, honestly, I'm not, I'm not terribly into crowds. Um, okay. But if I had to choose, it would be, I love Festival International. It's great. All right. I don't really want to go to any other festival. Well, sure. Not um, my thing. Favorite musician. Oh, that's a loaded question. I know. You'd have to you'd have to break it down into subcategories. But if I had to pick one, I don't know. I I mean one that I'd take with me on a desert island, it would be uh, Radiohead probably. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. I got to see them in LA uh, way back in the day. It was amazing. And I'm not even a huge fan of theirs, but their concerts, like it's pretty impressive. 
it's the number one thing I regret not not seeing. Okay. Um, if you are going to do karaoke, what song are you performing? Uh, Fiona Apple Criminal. And I've never done karaoke. Yeah, but it's a, <laughs> but you know your song. How is yeah. it you've never done it and yet you know your karaoke song? Because every time I hear it, I live in my head. Right. And I'm like, if I were to do karaoke, this would be it. There you go. And it would be in this leopard print dress that I have. Well, see, you're already dressed for it. Maybe we should do some karaoke later. Um, what is your death row meal? Your last supper, like this oh, is it. That's a, that is a project I've thought about too, because I'm very interested. Uh, I learned when I was a little kid that Timothy McVeigh's last meal before he was mm-hmm. out of here uh, was like a, a gallon of mint chocolate chip ice cream. And I don't know why I always felt like that was so interesting. Okay. Maybe it's because it would take him a long time to eat. Sure. Um, but it would probably be spaghetti and meatballs. Okay. Uh, made by anybody special, straight out of the SpaghettiOs can? Oh, no. I mean. Okay. You know, right. maybe, maybe Claire, if Claire, if you're out there, maybe she made it. Oh, see. I'd eat anything she made. Now you're getting a meal out of it, too. Favorite <laughs> leisure activity? Doing nothing. Literally leisure. Yeah. Favorite, so far. Favorite sport? No? Oh, uh, if I had to choose, uh, probably probably basketball or football. Football. Okay. I like going to the games. Okay. I love it. There it's an go. energy. Sure. Favorite way to treat yourself? Oh, uh, probably lying in bed eating a whole box of famous Amos chocolate chip and pecan cookies. <laughs> that is awesome. Favorite Best. concert you've ever attended? Um, oh... Man, only I guess only because it's maybe one of the most recent, but I really enjoyed uh, Grizzly Bear at uh, ACA because I had, I had a seat. Oh, you weren't working. Yeah, I was, it was for my 30th birthday. Nice. Um, they put on a hell of a show, but I've, I don't know. I've seen this a lot at this point. No right. idea. Right. But yeah, most recent, that one. Favorite song to listen to when you've got to get yourself pumped up? Um, God, I don't know. Uh, these questions are hard. I know. <laughs> uh, can I don't know. I have no idea. I don't okay. know. I can't think That's about right. that right now. That's okay. <laughs> Favorite restaurant in Lafayette? Oh, um, probably Pamplona because okay. I really like the the vibe. It it's is a, vibe. a good vibe. It is a very yeah. good vibe. Favorite vacation spot, place to go on vacation. I've been on vacation a long time. Okay, so uh, in a perfect world, you're now going. Where are you headed? Santa Barbara. Okay, see, you knew the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so it's been an hour. Look at how time wow. flies when we're having fun. How great is that? I know, I know. <laughs> thank you so much for spending the time with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and, um, thank you. It was awesome to hear the story. So now we have to schedule your downtown art walk showing of your portraits. We have to get your <laughs> coffee table book published. Yeah. Uh, we have to get our festival of side projects going so we can inspire kids to do things that make their hearts happy. Yeah, a lot of work I'm to do. really down for that. I want okay. somebody to, whoever's listening to this, like, this would be so great. We're going to make all that happen. 
Yeah. We have a lot of free time right now, I feel like. So <laughs> now's the time to plan all of those things yeah, and more. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Leanne, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. And to everybody who asked questions, shared, liked, participated, watched, we thank you. Uh, feel free to come back on Wednesday when we are going to have live with us, the one and only Krista Vega Bio, who's going to talk about what it's like to try to sell cars during a pandemic. And Ooh. then Friday will be Charlotte Bush Cryer talking about moving Carol line and company across town and opening during a pandemic. So thank y'all very much. We appreciate it. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.